When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to this little addendum to the 135th, I think maybe, episode of the Challenge Tour podcast. Um, obviously, this is going to be just Grand Slam qualifying preview, US Open qualifying preview. As you guys probably know by now, this is the only slam that uh, does like start its qualifying event on th- on Tuesday. That's why we cannot really include it in the end the episode. Uh, but as I mentioned in the actual. 135th episode i'm gonna do this little addendum show you know 100 135.5 this is how we did it with jakub last year by now you probably all have heard about jakub's saddle you know a very untimely and um yeah just way too early passing um if you want to hear some more thoughts on that you know get back to the beginning of the actual 135th episode it absolutely sucks that um, we're not going to get Jakub to give us our picks here, but I'll, I'll be sure to mention his favorite Slovak players. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll just I'll just mention, you know, who I want, who I think has the best chance to, to win every quarter. Uh, well, not quarter, but every section. And also just, you know, ex- go into detail as in, in regards to why I'm picking this guy instead of someone else. Uh, you can find a very concise version of this on my Twitter um, here, obviously, I, I get a lot more opportunity to just talk about uh, why this guy and why not this guy. And uh, remember that this is, you know, just for fun, obviously. And uh, usually I get like around four out of 16, which doesn't sound like much. But, you know, that's Grand Slam qualifying. That's how we, that's why we love it. Um, and we also talk about it on this show because, well, it's a, it's sort of an ATP Challenger Tour event, right? I mean, in terms of the players, these are the guys that we are watching on the Challenger Tour most of the year. And uh, we figured uh, a long while ago that we should be including Grand Slam qualifying talks into this. And that's what we've been doing. Um, first, of course, with Jakub now, I guess, by myself since uh, Ron Garros 2021. And yeah, 128 players, so exciting. Uh, 16 are going to join the US Open main draw. Um, You know, some careers are like built here. Some careers have their, um, you know, some people have their career changing moments here. The stakes are incredibly huge. And uh, yeah, the field is super even. And that's what makes this event always so nice to return to. But without further ado, let's just get to the um, first section, which has Jam Munar as the f- as the top seed. He's going to play Enzo Quaco. Then one of them will face Matia Bellucci or Mikhail Kukushkin. And uh, the other seed in this section is Giulio Zappieri playing Riccardo Bonadio in an old Italian clash. And there's also another Italian here, Alessandro Gianessi, playing Arol Mayo. So as you probably heard, there are four Italians in this small section. Zappieri, Bonadio, Bellucci and uh, Gianessi. As for actually predicting who's going to win this, I have absolutely no clue. You know, I think this is very open. Enzo Cuoco has been so good in Grand Slam qualifying. 
Jaume Munar, he is zero, uh, 0 and 5 on hard courts this year, but generally speaking, he has been playing better players than this, probably, you know? When he plays on hard courts, it's usually in the bigger events. And I think he actually has a fair chance to qualify. I did not go for him, though. Mikhail Kukushkin, recently some much better form, right? Alessandro Gianessi, Aron Mayo, I think these guys maybe don't have that much of a chance, although Mayo potentially. Giulio Zapieri would be a great candidate, and I actually was about to pick Giulio Zapieri, but he did twist his ankle, right, in the final against Tabilo in whatever the event was, uh, early uh, July in Germany, so you know, it's been, oh, oh no, it actually wasn't in Germany, right? It was um, shoot, I actually uh, thought that I was gonna just not mention where it was, but now I'm actually curious, because I remember the final against Tabilo, it was 6-2, Zapieri first set, and then he had to retire, obviously, due to that twisted ankle, uh, was it like maybe Vicenza or something, I'm gonna tell you in a second, but anyway, um, I actually don't think I can pick Zapieri with that, you know, this is gonna be his first match since, yeah, I probably don't feel like picking him because of that, uh, although, generally speaking, I think the courts should actually work in his favor, you know, he's shown that he uh, is also really good on hard courts and grass this year even, so um, he is an option. I actually went with Mattia Bellucci, which I know is a bit crazy, you know, his year has not been good at all. It's it's just been absolutely awful since the Australian Open, where he looked like one of the hottest prospects in the, in the sport right now, uh, but he did have a pretty decent run last week to the quarterfinals, and I just think, you know, his game is a bit too good for him not to be getting better results. He is playing Kukushkin, though, and I'm, I'm not sure how to feel about that, because, um, yeah, I just feel like Kukushkin's flat hitting, if it goes into the Bellucci forehand, it's gonna leak errors. That That's basically what I'm feeling here. So I, I, I'm curious how this match looks, but yeah, I went with Bellucci not confident at all. Uh, the second section is Christian Garin playing Tituan Droguet, then Tennis Sandgren or Denis Kudla. And on the other half of this, we have Gabriel Diallo as the 27th seed, playing Kimer Kopejans. That's such a great round one matchup as well. And Mark Layal is making his uh, grandson qualifying debut, playing Filip Misolic. Honestly, another open one, I think. Uh, I think there are, there's generally speaking, you know, I've been through this draw um, for the past like 40 minutes. And um, I think there are a lot of sections where we have absolutely no clue who's going to make it. And this is one of them. Garin, very much an option. Tennis Sandgren, you know, he's had some better moments this year. And Denis Kudla, you know, maybe even is a, is a possibility. But at the same time, can you really count out Layal? Can you count out Kimer Kopejans, who qualified for Wimbledon? And uh, we've said it many times that he's been actually playing pretty well this year, despite maybe not getting the results always. But I'm actually going with Gabriel Diallo. You know, the guy is uh, obviously really talented. Has it been, like, has this year been as good as he probably hoped for? Not really, you know, he might be falling down in the rankings just a little bit. But he is capable of getting even, like, ATP Tour wins on hard courts. He's got that big serve. He is still fairly raw. But, yeah, I, I, I just think this is a very open section. And he should be among the favorites on, like, pretty fast hard courts. Uh, let's get to the third one then. Uh, this one is full of Argentinians, I think. Well, four of them. Federico Coria plays Camilo Hugo Carabelli. Then Federico Del Bonis plays Martin Dam. And on the other half, we have Facundo Bagnis, the 29th seed, playing Queen Van de Castella, who picked up a wild card after uh, Darwin Blanche chose to, um, yeah, just not take his. 
and uh, they can play in the second round Felipe Meligeni Alves or Dalibor Svcina. And who am I going uh, for here? I, I think it's actually going to be Facundo Bagnis. So the top of this uh, section is pretty weak, right? Coriau, Carabelli, Delbonis, not really hardcore players. Martin Dam, I, I, I was really high on him a few years ago, but he just hasn't made the progress that I was hoping for with, with the big lefty game. Um, he kind of doesn't have a backhand still. Merigeni, Alves or Stina, I think they can surprise here, but I'm going with Facundo Bagnis. Uh, I just think it's a favorable draw. He qualified last year. He's better in hard courts than it seems, I think. Um, and yeah, I, ju I just think this is a pretty soft section for him and he might as well qualify just like he did in 2022. Uh, let's get to uh, the fourth section where it's Taro Daniel, the fourth seed, playing Sumit Nagal. Then Francesco Passaro or Song Chan Hong will be the next guys there. And then on the other half, we have Hugo Grenier, the 32nd seed, playing Federico Gallo, and Francisco Comesania or Josef Kovalik are their second round opponents. Not much to say here, to be honest with you. I think this is a really good one for Taro Daniel. Uh, to be honest with you, it kind of feels like he shouldn't be playing qualities in the first place, right? I mean, the guy is just so good. <laughs> the guy kind of seems too good for qualities on hard courts. I think in general he has been avoiding to um, maybe focus on challengers that much. Uh, and we, we had him on the show in Braunschweig uh, last year and he actually said that he kind of feels too old to, you know, just keep chasing points all the time. And I respect that, you know, I think it's a very respectable call, 100%. However, there is also a part of me that kind of thinks if he actually started chasing points, he wouldn't be playing qualies here. And I think I have to pick him to, to make it out. It's just not that strong of a section. I am so excited to see how Francisco Comesania will do. Because potentially, uh, you know, if he plays like he did, for example, indoor hardly Berets, right? We didn't see these matches. But just from the stats, the way he dominated his opponents in conditions that he wasn't familiar with. I don't know. I mean, maybe he is a threat here. Is Josef Kovalik a threat? I, I mentioned I was going to focus on the Slovaks a little bit more. Um, on hard courts, I don't think if I really buy, uh, I, I don't think I really buy it. However, the past couple of weeks, right, the past couple of months from Kovalik have been much, much better. So Komesania Kovalik might actually be one of the more unexpected, but at the same time, pretty good round one clashes. Uh, Taro Daniel against Sumit Nagal, you know, Sumit Nagal has had some US Open magic before, right? The, the set that he took of Federer, what a, what a match that was from the Indian, but I don't think I can actually pick him to beat Taro Daniel. I, I think that's, that's too much. I think that's something that I'm not willing to go for. So yeah, just Taro Daniel for me here. Uh, section five, we have David Goffin playing Denis Novak and then Nicolas David Yonel or Mark Polmans. On the other half, there's Pedro Martinez playing Vasek Pospisil and then Ivan Gakov or Zachary Svajda. Honestly, anything can happen. Uh, Polmans is, of course, a pretty good hardcore player. I don't think Yonel can qualify, really. Uh, Gakov on hardcourts probably can't really do it either. But the, the thing is for Goffin, you know, he has been all over the place. He has been just off recently in general. He lost to Ridi uh, in a pretty high quality round one, actually, in Winnipeg. However, like the dangerous players in this section, and by that I mean Denis Novak, Vasek Pospisil, maybe even Pedro Martinez, they are all out of form. So that's why I picked Goffin, but 
you know, it, it's it's gonna be a pretty even section anyway. Zaharis Faida, I think some people will be also voting for him here, right? I think I think people will like Sfaida's chances here. Personally, I just don't think Sfaida has that high a ceiling, right? So I think a good hard hitter here, like someone like Novak, Pospisil, or maybe Gofem, you know, someone who maybe doesn't hit as hard, but like is reliant on great timing. Once they actually play it, play themselves into form, I think they would actually beat Zahari Sfaida. Anyway, um, sixth section, we've got Hugo Gaston playing Antoine Escoffier. The new Tashimizu or Canon Kingsley here with a wildcard, that's pretty interesting too. And the 24th seed in this section is Maximilian Marterer playing Maximilian Neukrist in the Battle of Maximilians. And Lucas Klein or Mariano Navone. I think that's a matchup that already happened, right? Klein Navone was uh, at Ron Garros, I think, so that's, that's pretty interesting too. Um, I have to say that I am probably going with Maximilian Marterer here. It is a fairly even section, uh, sorry, it is a fairly soft section. I just sort of wonder if he's gonna be able to take it because, well, he hasn't played in a while. He played some Bundesliga matches. He lost to Idukovic, right, in the first on Ludenscheid. I wish he had some, uh, just some hardcore preparation, you know? But Neukrist is in such poor form. I think he's gonna beat him. Lukas Klein, uh, so the Slovak player in this section, as you guys know, I am a, a pretty big enjoyer of his game. I would love to see him qualify, but he just has been a mess. And uh, in general, I think um, like fast clay is probably his best conditions, not necessarily a fast hard court where uh, that big forehand backswing can be a bit rushed. Um, Yuta Shimizu, maybe, but then again, um, I, don't, I don't think he's really that sort of caliber of a player yet. Hugo Gaston, Antoine Escoffier, you never really know, you know, Escoffier with how consistent he has been in like getting to deep stages of challengers, maybe he can actually be a threat here, I wouldn't be shocked by this, Gaston definitely an option, but Maximilian Marter is actually 9-0 and zero in challenger, uh, sorry, US Open qualifying, does that count for much? I think it counts for a bit, you know, I think in a pretty soft section we kind of have to go with Marterer because of that, and that's what I'm going for. Um, this one is really exciting to me. Uh, number seven, Yuri Rodionov playing Patrick Kipson. That's not where the excitement starts, but Genaro Alberto Olivieri playing Yuncheng Shang in the second round. So we can have a Rodionov Shang in the second round. That would be huge. And then on the other half, there's Franco Agamenone, Michael Zheng, Emilio Gomez, and Otto Virtanen. Uh, frankly, I was very close to even maybe thinking of Michael Zheng, but since that Palmas del Mal run, he definitely has not been able to like maintain a steady level. Uh, still, you know, Agamemnone, then Gomez or Virtanen, that's very winnable. Um, I think Virtanen is also a fair option, but generally I was, I was thinking of Rodionov Shang along these lines. I went with Shang. Uh, I've said it a few times, but I think if not for the mono, he probably was breaking the top 100 this year. He has already, um, you know, done some things on, on the main tour in the US Open hardcore swing. And yeah, I just I just think he is potentially one of the next, well, I don't know one of the next players to break the top 100, but he is one of the players who I think will be rising the rankings still. And uh, when it comes to Shang versus Rodionov, round two, that's just a very good match if it happens, right? So um, I, I I only give their like a 55 to 45 edge to, to Yuncheng Shang, I think there, but we'll see how it works. Uh, section 8 is also really competitive. I had no idea what to do here. Borna Goyo plays Hamad Medjedovic. 
then Andrian Andreev or Nerman Fatic. And on the other half, we have Thomas Mahach playing Loron Locoli and Kevin Anderson playing Oleksi Krutek. I honestly completely forgot that Candy was going to play qualifying here. I thought he is in the main draw and I was shocked to see him here. And it really messed up my thought process because, well, Goyo Majedovic, that's a 50-50, right? I mean, that, that's going to be a surf fest, probably. Uh, so looking at that, I didn't want to pick out of this. And then I just see Mahach and I'm like, okay, Mahach is the good, is the good pick here. He qualified last year. I know he lost to EFCF in Kozerki. Obviously I saw that much live, but he was actually doing pretty okay, I think. So I don't, I don't really mind that, you know, the, the fact that he lost, um, EFCF definitely, uh, like a very smart counter-punching performance. So eventually I just figured I just figured I should probably go for either Anderson or Mahaj. Kevin Anderson. I just don't think I dare picking him to win three matches, you know? But obviously, Kevin Anderson, Thomas Mahaj, that would that would be an incredible third round, uh, sorry, second round. And a third round between either of them and Goy or Majedovic. I want to watch that for sure. So yeah, that's that's my pick in the eighth section. And by now we have arrived in the, um, well, we have finished the first half of the draw. So more or less uh, it, this, this episode is probably going to take like 30 minutes, as you can already tell. Well, you already see how long it is. Uh, it's just me looking at the, at the recording. But anyway, let's, let's go to the next sections here. In the ninth one, we have Thiago Seibov-Wild playing Dimitar Kuzmanov and then Zdenek Kolasz or Hies Brauer. On the other half, though, this is like complete pandemonium and not because the players are weak. It's actually because the players are insane. Jakub Menschik, Grand Slam qualifying debut, by the way. Fabio Fonini, this is a rematch for, for Zug, right? We all remember this one. Landro Ridi playing Flavio Coboli. So you've got Menschik, Fonini, Ridi and Koboli, and only one of them will reach the third round. That's incredible. But as you know, if you've been listening to this show for long enough to know how I sort of um, form my qualifying picks, when I see something like this, I don't really want to pick out of this because, you know, maybe the, guy, the guys get tired. Maybe there's like, it's also too, a bit risky, right? Because I have no clue who's winning these matches. So I actually went with Thiago Seibov-Wild, who I think has a pretty nice uh, draw to the third round. It, it has a bit of risk himse- uh, on it as well, since, well, Thiago obviously has not played that much on hard courts. So maybe uh, maybe he's going to be poor here. I don't know. At uh, Wimbledon, he was actually great, right? He lost to Barrios Vera, I think, in five sets in the qualifi- in the final round of qualifying, but he did extremely well. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with this, but that's mostly because Menchik, Fonini, Ridi, Koboli, that's just insanely competitive. Uh, Liam Brody is the 10th seed playing Yela Sels and then Jesper de Jong or Tristan Boyer. And on the other half of this section, we've got Jan Choinski, Shoshi Mabukuro, Gofie on Clan, and Marco Trunheliti. So, it kinda should be between Brody and De Jong for me. You know, Sells in terrible form. Tristan Boyer, probably not a player of this caliber yet. De Jong obviously won the in Kozerki, right? Um, and uh, I watched it live. It was a fantastic run. I don't think it will hurt him that much in terms of the jet lag, probably. You know, the event finished on Saturday. They play on Tuesday. I think he might be fine. Brody against Sells, that should be a free win, basically, for Brody in Sells' form right now. 
So when I'm looking at this Brody De Jong round two, I think it's super competitive. You know, maybe Jesper is actually going to be jet lagged a little bit. I don't know. So that's why I picked Brody. But I am interested to see who comes out of this bottom half, because maybe if someone like Onclen would find his hardcore game, or Marco Trungeliti, you know, the, the grandson qualities goat, you know, maybe he is one of these unexpected slash expected runs at grandson qualifying that he's gotten us used to. I would love to see it, and I know a lot of people would, because this story just keeps on giving, right? But I am actually picking Liam Brody here. Uh, then 11th section, we have Alejandro Tabilo playing John Millman, then Stefano Travaglia or Norbert Gombosch. And Artur Kazoy is the 17th seed playing Zizu Berks, and then Egor Gerasimov or Shintaro Mochizuki. So, um, I kinda love Kazoy's draw here, that's mostly because Berks has been injured, right? And he had that Zook run where he was just slicing his backhand a lot because of the injury. I don't know if he's gonna be healthy, so that's why I am pretty confident about Kazoy getting to the third round here. Is it gonna be easy for him at the top? Who knows? Tabilo, then Milman. Milman, by the way, who hasn't played in like a while, right? I actually have not checked that, but I, I know it's it's been a while for sure for uh, the Australian. Um, obviously, formerly a, a top 35 even, right, player, but definitely um, someone we have not seen on tour in, in quite a while outside the top 300 right now in the rankings. So... Um, yeah, I don't know how he's gonna do, you know, obviously before at um, the US Open he used to have good results. Uh, Stefano Travaglia playing Norbert Gombosch. That's gonna be exciting too. Gombosch's form... Yeah, not, not, not a big fan, although he has just recently beaten Per in about, what was it, Banyaluka. Maybe Gombosch is capable of this, but against Travaglia, I think it's definitely like a 50-50-ish match. Um, I've said it a few times, but I would love to, you know, for Stefano Travaglia to get back up there to main tour level. This would be huge for him, but it, it's a tough draw, you know, if you have to beat Gombosch, then Tobila or Milman, and then potentially Kazo. So I, I am pretty confident with picking Kazo here. Uh, number 12, I think, is one of the weakest sections, and actually by a lot. James Duckworth plays Trevor Spida. By the way, if you don't know, yeah, it's Zachary's brother. And Trevor got his uh, qualifying wildcard by finishing runner-up at Kalamazoo at the USTA or like, you know, US Nationals uh, under 18s. Uh, the player that won it, Lerner Team, actually defended his title and is also in the US Open main draw with a wildcard. That, that's just how it is, right? They don't decide it. That's... Uh, like that's that's how how it's done every year. They know the, the guys know before the event what they're playing for, and Trevor Svida will play James Duckworth, which I think you know is is, is definitely a rough uh, introduction to um, to the US Open qualifying. Then uh, one of them will play Terence Atmane or Mate Valkus. Valkus has been out, you know, Atmane kind of wild. Also maybe debuting in Grand Slam Qualies, I'm not sure. Or maybe he had one in um, at Rangaros, a wildcard or something. But anyway, um, yeah, Timofey Skatov is the other seed in this section, so you can see why I say it's pretty weak, given Skatov on hard courts is a bit of a mess. And uh, Kaichi Uchida will play him in round one, and then Vitali Sachko or Raul Brancaccio. So honestly, not much to say about this one, because I just think James Duckworth has a great draw. His form, kind of up and down. But I still believe that Duckworth is probably going to clean this up. Uh, let me go to the 13th one. And here I have a bit of a hot take. Well, I don't know if it's a hot take. You know, the guy might very well be the best player in the draw and probably is. But 
Maxim Kresi is the 13th seed playing Vitkopshiva, and then one of them will face Pierre Igerber or Joris Delor. Um, then also you have Nicolas Moreno de Alboran as the 25th seed playing Elias Immer, and one of them will face Aziz Dugas or Eduardo Lavagno. So I think there are a few interesting selections here. Joris Delor for sure. I know he lost in the opening round in Kozerki to Viktor Durasovic, but it was a very high quality match. There's Nicolas Moreno de Alboran playing Elias Immer. I think both of these could qualify easily. And Maxim Kresi is actually my pick, you know. And I know what his form is. I know he's only won like what nine matches this year and most of them in like February, January. However, he has been coming fairly close. His style is also that where like every single loss is, is pretty close, I know. But do I really see him losing to Vitkop Shiva on hardcourts, for example? I can see him losing to Delor or Emer or Moreno Dalboran. Maybe it's just like my will, uh, maybe it's something that I want, right, for Cressy to start doing at least okay again. But I am going to pick Maxim Cressy here. I know it goes against every single, like, uh, detail, like, form, right, but I just feel like he might qualify here just because, you know, it, it's going to be a bit of a weaker field compared to what he usually faces on the ATP Tour, and if he's not going to do it here, then, then what is he going to do, right? I mean, he's probably going to... I don't know he has a few options after the U.S. Open, I guess. If I were him, I would have I would probably try these um, very fast European indoor challengers that he was always good at. So like Ismaning, Ortisei, right, Andrea. That's what I would do as Maxim Cressy. But he will have a few options. You know, he can very well just go to the states and play. You know, Knoxville, Charlottesville, and uh, the likes, right? Um, anyway, the 14th section, Thiago Monteiro plays Giovanni Peci Pericard. That's going to be quite exciting too, I think. And Pechi Pericard has a great draw here with Frederico Ferreira Silva or Aidan Mayo in the second round if he beats Monteiro. And uh, Benoit Peris, the 20th seed, playing Jeffrey Blancano and then Yusil Su or Cem Ilker. And I am going to go with Benoit Per here, the 20th seed. Uh, he withdrew from Kozerki, who was initially on the entry list. But we all know that Benoit Per has been playing with like more motivation this year. He has been doing a lot better than in the previous seasons. And I just think that with this sort of draw, you know, Blancano, then Sue Ilkel, then maybe Monteiro or Mpechi Pericard, this is very open for him, especially if he can uh, just serve well, you know. When his first serve is clicking, his game kind of looks like it has not lost basically anything from when he was at the very top. Well, at the very top, at, you know, very close to the top of the game. Uh, 15th seed is Luca Nardi playing Thiago Agustin Tirante and then Brandon Holt who qualified last year and um, beat Taylor Fritz he's gonna play Alexander Richard and the 22nd seed is Dominic Stricker playing Alexis Galarno and one of them will face Pablo Yamas Ruiz or Andrea Colarini so uh, I thought of Stricker here he has been doing better in slam qualifying recently however uh, I just wasn't convinced with what he did against Christian Harrison, you know, last week. I wasn't convinced with what Luca Nardi did against Billy Harris either. However, I am still going with Luca Nardi. I just think he's a bit more reliable than Streaker. Uh, when it comes to who has the tougher draw, it's kind of mixed. It's kind of same, right? Like, Nardi has Tirante, who I think he really should be beating on hard, but then maybe Holt you know, brings up some more US Open magic. Maybe Richard has a nice Grand Slam qualifying run. He has had that before many times. Streaker though plays Galarno and then Yamas Ruiz. 
potentially or Coelalini. So I think Streaker actually has the tougher draw now that I think of it. So yeah, basically I'm just leaning more and more towards Nardi. I would love to see this third round match though. Nardi Streaker, obviously that would be pretty huge. But you know, if if someone like Yamas Ruiz comes through uh, to the third round and plays Nardi, I wouldn't mind that either. You know, just yeah, just give us some exciting youngsters here. I think is 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 what I hope for. And um, the 16th section, Thomas Barrios Vera is the seed, playing Emilio Nava. So that's quite a cracker already, I think. Dami Jumhur uh, against Andrea Valasori uh, is also in this uh, top half of this section. And at the bottom, you have Aleksandar Kovacevic playing Tunglin Wu. And then Mateo Gigante or Elliot Spitziri. So this is also very, very competitive, I think. Nava just had a good run, but you know we know how erratic he is. Um, this is like Barrios Vera is not that good on hardcore, so maybe someone like Vavasori or Junhur even could take advantage. Who knows, right? It's it's just very open. Gigante, I think, could be a bit of a nightmare to play for um, to play against for Kovacevic, and I think Kovacevic's draws draw, even though it seems easy on paper, it is kind of. Um, yeah, this kind of field with like potential upset alerts. However, I am gonna go with Kova. I think he has been doing a lot better in the past three week, three four weeks than um, obviously throughout the grass and clay season. And I don't know, just just something about him recently makes me feel like I can trust him again. He lost seven six seven six to Emilio Nava actually in uh, in Stanford. Uh, but you know, if they meet again, it's gonna be a close match and. Yeah, just, just the last couple of weeks from Kovacevic have been pretty good and I feel like he might actually um, yeah, be able to produce this time. But it's a bit of a gut feeling, I understand, if, if someone feels completely the other way around. And uh, this is going to be it. This is going to be it for that 135.5, I think, uh, episode of the Challenger True Show. Uh, thank you for uh, coming in. Thank you for being here. Hopefully you enjoyed the predictions. Uh, you know, if you if you want to send me yours on Twitter or uh, if you if you've posted yours on Twitter and just just want to drop me the link, uh, I'll be glad to read it. I'm always in, interested in what people are picking. I'm also going to be doing uh, like a Polish YouTube stream uh, about this tomorrow. And then there I go even like into more detail about every section and maybe sometimes even every player, every match. And I often mention who people are picking and who I picked. So, you know, would be would be great to hear. Um, yeah, basically would be great to hear some of your guys' thoughts. Uh, if not, you know, there are, there are definitely going to be a few friend of, friends of mine on Twitter uh, who are doing the picks anyway. And yeah, um, once again, you know, it's such a shame that Jakub isn't here and, and isn't doing this with me. And um, it would have made it a lot more fun. But, you know, then again, Grand Slam qualifying predictions, it's something I've been doing um, for a while as well. So, um, you know, we have to keep going. And um, yeah, again, if you if you if you want to hear some more thoughts from me on on the whole situation and uh, how the show will continue and, and etc. Um, please return to the uh, Challenger Tour um, podcast Monday, to the regular Monday episode where I have like 15 minutes on that. And um, yeah, again, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you guys next time in the regular episode on next Monday. Uh, bye.